Welcome to Through the Bible with Dr. Michelle and Friends. Hi everyone, my name is Dr. Michelle and this is our fifth session in our revelatory walk through the scriptures. As we read, not only are we gaining the knowledge and the wisdom and the principles from the Word of God and learning more about the action of the narrative, but we are also encountering God's heart as we come to this study with our hearts open, our minds ready to see God and to see his heart for us in the pages of the scripture. So as we embark on this study, it's to really encourage us to trust God more, love God more, and allow our relationship with him to blossom so that we can enjoy life with Jesus every day. We have concluded our study of Genesis, and through that study, we were reminded of many things, many important things concerning God and who He is, our origin, our purpose, the nature of sin, the importance of covenant, and we saw through the lives of many important figures like Adam and Eve and Noah and, and Jacob and Isaac and Abraham, how important it is to obey God. And when we obey God, we set, up, set ourselves up for a life of flourishing and blessing. So if you remember, there are 66 books in our Christian Bible, and that the compilation of books is broken up into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament, and our Old Testament corresponds roughly to the Jewish Bible. Now, in the Old Testament, the first five books is called the Pentateuch or the Torah, and these are the books of law or the books of Moses. So we are looking at the second book of the entire Bible, which is also the second book of the Pentateuch, and that is Exodus. In this video, I will do a brief, a very brief overview of this book, its principal figures, the main themes, and the flow of the action. And this will set us up for the in-depth study that we will embark on in the following three sessions. So let's get to it. And as we do, I pray that God would meet us in the pages of this scripture, that our hearts would be changed, our minds would be illuminated, and that we would see his love and his purpose and his plan and his character and how good he is. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's get to the book of Exodus. A couple facts to start you off. There are 40 chapters and 1,213 verses. It was written approximately around 1450 to 1210 BC, around the time of Genesis, and it is set in Egypt. The traditional author that is attributed for the book of Exodus is Moses. So it's not that he wrote every word of the book, but that he is the main character in these books. And he's the one who's receiving the directives from God and he records them for us. So we attribute it to Moses. And the book of Exodus is also in the category of law. The Bible has many different categories, law and records, poetry and prophecy, and we find Exodus in law. An interesting thing about Exodus is that it relates more miracles than any other Old Testament book, and also we find the Ten Commandments in this book. Why was 
was Exodus written? Well, it was written to record the events of Israel's deliverance from Egypt and also their start and development as a nation. If you remember in Genesis, God dealt with all of humanity. And then after the the flood, we see that the people are still rebelling against God and don't really want to have that intimate, deep relationship with him. And so he calls out one person, Abraham, and promises him great things. And through his life and through his lineage, God would um, create a people that would serve him, that would follow him and prepare the way for the Messiah to come. So that's what we're seeing in Exodus. We're going from the life of one person, Abraham, then Isaac, then Jacob. And now we're going to go into the the, the beginnings of a nation. We're also going to see that God rescues the children of Israel from Egypt, and he's doing that for a purpose, to to deepen his relationship with them and also to develop them into a nation. So we see in Exodus that it describes the history of the Israelites after they've left the promised land and they've come into Egypt under Joseph, and then now they're going to leave Egypt and go into the wilderness. In this book, we find a lot of important things. Like I said, the Ten Commandments is one, but we also see in that interaction and in that process of being delivered from Egypt, there are 10 plagues. We will see the first Passover, which is important because later on with Jesus, he shows us the true meaning of the Passover. We also see the parting of the Red Sea. And many people, Christians or not, have watched the movie, The Ten Commandments. We love it. And many times our understanding of what has happened in Exodus is from that movie. But as we go through, you will see there are some differences. You know, the movie took poetic license in some areas. So we're going to go through the actual biblical record and see what really happened. Also, in Exodus, we're going to see a theology, which is just like the study of God. We're going to see a theology start to form where God is going to reveal his name. Very, very important when God reveals his name. So they know what to call him. And we're going to see uh, his attributes. We're going to see the law come into, into play and also how he wants to be worshipped. So he is setting the parameters. He is giving the design of how the people are to uh, approach him and interact with him. So he's giving more structure to the, the people of God. So as we go through Genesis, we will see the, the covenant, the promise that God has made. And he promised to Abraham that his descendants would be a blessed and mighty people, that they would possess the land of Canaan. And through them, the whole world will be blessed. God works through Abraham. He, he renews the covenant with Isaac. He renews the covenant with Jacob. And then Jacob has a son. Well, he has many sons. He has 12, in fact but one particular son named Joseph. And we remember the story of Joseph, how he had a lot of hardships at the hand of his brothers. He was sold into slavery. He was um, serving in Potiphar's house. And then he was thrown into prison on a rape charge after Potiphar's wife tried to make some advances on him. And then through miracles and through the gift of interpretation of dreams, he is set in a Pharaoh's house and he is set as a second in command in 
Egypt with a strategy of, of getting them ready for the seven years of famine that would follow seven years of plenty. And under the leadership and the administration of Joseph, listen, Egypt gets so blessed. Pharaoh is so blessed. And the people of God, which is are the sons of Jacob, they have a place prepared for them so that they will be preserved during the, the years of famine. And through the favor on Joseph's life, Jacob and his children and their children move into Goshen, which is in the northeastern part of Egypt, and they're given this land by Pharaoh, and they're just favored because of Joseph. At the end of the book of Genesis, we see Jacob dying, and then later on, we see Joseph dying, and he makes the children of Israel to to have this vow that he, they're not going to bury him in Egypt because God gives Jacob and gives Joseph a promise that they will come out of Egypt and return to the land that he promised them. And so when Joseph dies, he is put in a coffin, but it's not buried because they're waiting for that time when they return to their promised land. Some time passes between the death of Joseph and where we pick up the action in Exodus. 400 years have passed. And when Jacob came into Goshen, including Joseph, there were 70 men, um, not including children and, and women. So 70 men. And over these 400 years, they grow and multiply. They are blessed. And they are now about 2 million strong. And where we see the action starting in Exodus is that the Pharaoh who is now in charge, because so much time has passed, doesn't remember Joseph. The people there don't remember Joseph and what he did for Egypt, what he did for the previous Pharaoh. And they are threatened by the multiplication of the Hebrews who are strangers in their land. And not only have they multiplied, um, in number, but also in wealth and in possessions. And so the Pharaoh is threatened by them. So Pharaoh devises a plan to enslave them so that they will not become a threat to Pharaoh. And can you imagine if they decide to revolt or turn on Pharaoh, they would have a lot of people to be able to make that um, a success. So we see that they become slaves, slaves, and they cry out to God and God remembers them. So from 70 to 2 million. And where we see Exodus start off is that there's a Hebrew boy a Hebrew boy um, by the name of Moses, who is going to ra be raised up as a deliverer of God's people. There are a lot of things that happen in between because of the threat um, that Pharaoh feels. He orders that every every male child, every boy under a certain age is killed so that the, the girls will grow up, but the boys with their strength will not grow up. And that's one way of like capping the, the Israelites at a certain number. But through divine intervention, Moses is spared. And listen, he ends up in Pharaoh's house. He is, he's educated, he's fed, he's tended, he is cared for, and he is adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. 
and all of that. And they don't even know that they are preparing or getting ready the deliverer of the Israelites under their own house. So we're going to see as we go in chapter by chapter how the action unfolds. So Moses, he commits a crime and takes off running, goes into the wilderness. He meets a person named Jethro and they, he has a life there until God visits him. And they have an encounter. We know about the burning bush, right? And Moses agrees to return to Egypt and to lead God's people out of slavery. Now, I'm saying it very simply now, but trust me, there's a lot that happens and we're going to find out more in detail as we go. So in this process, there are plagues, there are promises made and broken, and then finally Israel is granted liberation. They, they come out. We, you were going to read about the Red Sea. We're going to read about them coming into the wilderness and how God provides for them. And he brings them into the wilderness because his plan is now to, like I said, bring an infrastructure in this people and really make them a nation. Remember, they have no laws. They have um, no legislation. They don't have holidays and all those things yet. And God's about to do that. He starts off with the Ten Commandments, the, the ways they're supposed to live and how they're going to bring God glory. And then he gives them other civil laws and different things. And it climaxes with the tabernacle. He's, he gives instructions for the tabernacle so that they will know how to worship God. And that's important because we don't determine how we, how God is to be worshiped. God sets the stage and God gives the instruction. and He tells us how he is to be worshiped because we don't know truly how to give God what he is really deserving. Of. We are learning that and he lets us know. And in, while they're in the wilderness, you know, the Hebrews, they complain, they long for Egypt and God is so merciful, so kind, and he just wants to develop them and give them the, their potential and make good on his promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So we're going to see truly how great God is and his plan for his people and how we are to live and how the Israelites were supposed to live. So that's a, just a brief overview of the action. And now I want to just highlight a couple characters and the main uh, figures in this book of Exodus. So definitely we're going to meet God again. We're going to meet him as a creator of heaven and earth and the one who is going to develop and birth this nation to represent him on the earth. He's going to reveal his name. He's going to reveal himself in different ways, a, a cloud and a pillar of fire. We're going to see how he leads, how he guides and how he really is intimately involved in the lives of his people. I was continually wooing and drawing them closer to himself. We are also going to meet Moses, right? He is basically the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. Um, and he really serves as a uh, intermediary, a go-between between God and the other humans, the people of God, the Israelites, right? He's the one who goes before Pharaoh. He is the one who receives the law. At his hand, we see a lot of miracles. And even when Israel 
upsets God and, and disobeys God, he is the one who is pleading for mercy on their behalf. So he's a very important figure. We are going to meet Miriam. Miriam is Moses's older sister. She is also a prophetess and she plays important roles at the beginning in watching Moses when his mother releases him into the river so that he's not killed. And also later on when they come out, when the Israelites come out of Egypt, she has a role to play there. Another figure that we're going to see is Pharaoh himself. This Pharaoh is not the same Pharaoh as the one under Joseph because 400 years has, have passed. And he is the one who has the plan to enslave the Hebrews and to kill the baby. So he's committing genocide. And he also is very threatened by the success of the Hebrews. And God actually works through his life in a, in a couple notable ways by hardening his heart so that God can show his glory through the different things that he does and all the plagues. So he's an important person in the narrative of Exodus. Also, Pharaoh's daughter. Now, usually people don't highlight Pharaoh's daughter, but she, she is a princess who is very empathetic to Moses. Now, in the movie, she doesn't really, um, there, it's a little different from how you read it in the Bible. But listen, she's the one who pulls Moses out of the water, adopts him, treats him well, and prepares him without knowing for his great role in life. Then we're going to meet Jethro, who is not a Hebrew, but he has a religious background and he ends up becoming Moses' father-in-law as Moses marries his daughter Zipporah. And as the Israelites come out of slavery and are being formed into a nation, he has a role to play as an organizer and administrator. So look out and listen out for Jethro's name. We are also going to be introduced to Aaron, who is Moses's brother, and he becomes Moses's right hand, all right? He's his spokesperson, and later on, he becomes the high priest of the actual nation of Israel. Another character or figure that we're going to I mean, I have to say figure because sometimes we think of it as just people who are characters that were in a story that did not live, but these people actually Although they're characters in the narrative of the, of the story, they're figures because they live, they walk the earth, they were real people, all right? These people are real people. So the next one we're going to encounter is Joshua. Joshua becomes Moses' assistant. And when we're introduced to him in the book of Exodus, he is a warrior who is going to become a great military leader. And after we go through the first five books of, of the Bible, we're going into the book of Joshua. So you're going to know that he has a pivotal role to play. And you're, he's going to be sprinkled in and out of the narrative in this book. But listen, he's going to become a prominent figure later on. All right. Now, the last person I want to just mention very quickly is someone by the name of Bezalel. Now, Bezalel 
as a creative, right, I really enjoy his 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 part of the story because he is um, he's a creative person. He's a person who is gifted and skilled, has a spirit of God to be able to do beautiful work in the tabernacle that God is going to instruct Moses to oversee the building of later on. So he has skill in working with uh, metals and with crafting and engraving and embroidery and all those kind of things. And he teaches other people as well so that this tabernacle really reflects uh, as best as possible within this, this dispensation or this timing, the, the beauty and the, the purity and the excellence of God's house of worship. So there's a specific person, Bezalel, and he ha will have an assistant, Oholiab, that they have like great talent and intelligence and ability to work in different types of crafting so that the artistic uh, designs of the tabernacle are without any comparison, all right? So God was concerned about this. He was interested in this and ensured that there was a person who had the skills necessary. So just a few more moments in this session. Like I said, when we start off in Exodus, we are going to see Israel in Egypt uh, between Genesis and Exodus 400 years. And when we see the ending of Genesis, the people of Israel, they're really set up and they're flourishing and they're prospering. But in Exodus, as we start off, things have changed and they are going to be enslaved and they have slavery slavery in Egypt. The Bible records how difficult it was for them. And they cry out to the Lord. The Lord hears them. And God chooses Moses. And he chooses Moses to be the deliverer and to send him into Egypt to confront Pharaoh and for God's people to be let go. And he will become the leader. So the beginning we see Israel and Egypt, we see that um, confrontation between Moses and Pharaoh. And then we're going to go into Israel in the wilderness. So when they escape from Egypt, how uh, they're rescued through the Red Sea. Book of Exodus ends off with God and Israel at Sinai. I want to leave you with a few themes that we're going to to learn about within the book of Exodus, definitely slavery and how we'll, we're going to need divine and human leadership to it, to re be removed from slavery. We're going to see the theme of rescue or redemption, and it sets us up for what Jesus comes to do. Once again, we're going to see the theme of covenant, how God makes a promise and how this binding promise is so important that he works things out so that it is fulfilled. We are going to encounter the theme of God's guiding presence, how he guides the nation of Israel, and also pull out the, the principles that we will be able to apply to our lives today. We will see the theme of law, and we're learning how Israel was shaped and, you know, the importance of responsibility, how we have the choice to choose God's will or not, and then how we are to walk that out, all right? And we'll see the theme of the nation being, um, uh, being shaped and the infrastructure being put in. And also through this, you will see a lot of foreshadowings, different things that point to uh, Jesus 
who is our ultimate sacrifice, who saves us from slavery of sin and how he rescues us and delivers us. So as we go through, I'll highlight a few verses that will show us um, that this is a type of what Jesus fulfills. All right, my friends, so it brings me to the end of session number five. Be prepared for the next three weeks, the next three sessions. We're going to look firstly at Exodus chapters 1 to 13, then Exodus 14 to 26, and then Exodus 27 to 40. So the, for this month, we're going deep into the book of Exodus. We're going to encounter God. We're going to learn and listen. We are going to grow and become all that God has called us to be in this season and this time. So I bless you and I thank you for joining me. Don't forget to join our mailing list, subscribe to our channel so you'll know when the next video is coming out. Please share it. Let's get the word out because there is victory in the word of God. And if you want to support this project, we'll show you ways of how to do that through your prayer, which we definitely need, and also through your financial gifts. So God bless you as you go. Have a fantastic week. And listen, stay walking through the word because you will never come last when you put God first. Dr. Michelle signing off for another week. God bless.